Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I continue my series with Bob Lowry. We're going to discuss different ways to lower and raise your pH in your pool. And if you're not familiar with Bob Lowry, he's a premier chemistry expert in the industry. He also has a certified residential course that he teaches online. To learn more about his certified residential course, you can go to pcti.online. And this will take you to the webpage where you can sign up for the next online um, certified residential course. I definitely recommend taking this course. A lot of the material that we cover here in these podcasts are also taught in the course. Pool Service Pro. Open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Let's go over some of the ways to lower the pH. I know muriatic acid is the first one and probably the standard in the industry. And then you have... There's there's really only... There's, there's um, two kinds of liquid acid. There's muriatic acid, which is hydrochloric acid. There is sulfuric acid, which is not very common in the pool industry, but some people do use it. But they do not use it at the really strong level. Sulfuric acid in, 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 in its most concentrated form is really uh, strong acid. Um, but they dilute it down to about uh, 30%, and at 30%, it's about equivalent to to muriatic acid. So there is muriatic acid, and from a lowering standpoint, uh, it contains two hydrogen ions, and hydrochloric acid or muriatic acid only contains one. So it goes a lot farther towards, towards lowering uh, pH and alkalinity. But those are the two liquid acids and um, you can also use a dry acid. Uh, dry acid is um, uh, bisulfate, and um, so it's a dry form of sulfuric acid, basically. You can measure it and use it dry, and it's a little bit less, uh, less um, hazardous to use, but it does put sulfates in the water. Sulfates can be a bad thing, especially if you've got any copper in the water. You can makes it easier for copper to combine with copper sulfate um, to make copper sulfate. Sulfates can actually be a, a uh, food for algae, so they can be nutrients for algae. There is another way to lower, both of these or all three of those acids, they will lower pH and they will lower alkalinity at the same time. So when you put them in, it lowers pH and alkalinity, but they don't ever go down equally. And the reason they don't go down equally is that pH is what we call a, a, an exponential uh, scale and, or a logarithmic scale, and uh, alkalinity is linear. So they're never going to go down equally. If the pH and alkalinity are both up, 
and you put acid in, they're not going to go down together. So they don't go down that way. But in any case, um, uh, they will lower, all, all three of those acids will lower pH and alkalinity. You can use carbon dioxide. And while technically it's not an acid, it's a gas, um, when you put it in acid, when you put it in a pool, it makes carbonic acid. And so it is an acid when you squirt it into a pool. And it makes carbonic acid, and it actually lowers pH without changing alkalinity. And it mostly is used only in um, very large pools, commercial pools. Um, there are some uh, CO2 systems for residential. It's artificial to put a lot of CO2 into the water. And so I, we talked in, in the other podcast about CO2, and when we aerate, we off-gas CO2. By actually injecting CO2 into the water, now there's more CO2 in the water than there is equilibrium of the CO2 above it. So the water is going to want to get rid of some of the CO2 to become an equilibrium with the atmosphere. So it's going to off-gas all on its own a little bit of CO2. So you're artificially lowering the pH, and when you stop injecting CO2, it all comes back to equilibrium. So um, it's used in large pools. It can be used. We did talk about some pools that are, say, have a big negative edge area where they've got a long water drop. They've got a lot of, of rock waterfalls or water features or, or just waterfalls. And if the pH is always going up in some of those pools and there's no way to keep it down other than adding acid and having to add alkalinity back by adding bicarb, you can put a CO2 injector on it because the turbulence is getting rid of CO2. And if you put the CO2 back, then they cancel each other out. So in, in high-end pools, you can put a CO2 injection and and have it compensate for the the pH always going up from uh, turbulence. And that kind of leads into the next part of it, where you can raise the pH um, in the pool with aeration. You just talked about the opposite effect of that. Um, and so this is something that we mentioned in the last recording. Um, but can you go into detail of how um, these kind of water features and how you can actually create um, this effect. So if you have a pool with no water features, let's say, and, and you, you're having problems with the pH drifting down a lot, how can you raise the pH without adding any kind of other chemical? And, and you mentioned aeration. You want to just kind of describe that? Sure. Well, aeration can be used in a number of ways, but um, aeration and turbulence raise the pH. And, and quickly, what the reason they do is that by aerating the water, we push carbon dioxide, CO2, out of the pool water. So CO2 leaves the pool, and that creates a deficit in the pool. CO2 is in equilibrium with carbonic acid, and that's in, in equilibrium with bicarbonate, and bicarbonate is in, is in equilibrium with carbonate. And so those four things are all in equilibrium. So if you remove one of them, then they all have to shift to make up for it. And in the process, they use a hydrogen ion, 
or two hydrogen ions, and the pH goes up. So by aerating and causing turbulence, we raise the pH. So it can work for you both ways. If you have a pool that you just want to balance, you can, if the pH and the alkalinity are both high, here's what we recommend. You add enough acid to lower the alkalinity to the target level of 90. So you add a big amount of acid and lower the alkalinity down to 90. And what that's going to do is it's probably going to make your pH about 6.8 or even 6.5. But what you can do is by aeration, you can, you can raise the pH back up from 6.5 or 6.8 to 7.5 with aeration, and the alkalinity will not change. So that's a good, a good tool to use because you can, you can balance a pool in a short period of time by getting the alkalinity to the right level, then turning on something that will cause aeration. And so anything that you can do in the pool, turn on the waterfall, turn on the jets, turn on the spillways, uh, the negative edges, whatever you can turn on to make turbulence. You can also take just the return line on a regular pool, take the return line and aim it so that it breaks the surface of the pool and actually shoots out of the water a little bit. That aeration, if you aim all the returns out, that aeration alone over a longer period of time will raise the pH. It may take a day. But one of the great things that you can do is most service techs have a submersible pump and they use it for draining a pool or draining a spa or whatever, a drain pump. And so one of the things that you can do is take your drain pump, your submersible pump, and set it on the top step in the pool. And then aim the discharge from that pump up into the air so it makes a big arc, maybe eight or 10 feet in the air, and then drops down back into the middle of the pool. So you make a big, a big arc and have it spliced down in the middle of the pool. Well, we did that on an 18,000 gallon pool. The pH was 7.0 and we wanted it to be 7.5. We put that submersible pump on the step and shot the, it was 110 gallon a minute uh, submersible pump. We shot that, that uh, water up in the air and had a drop in the middle of the pool. And in 45 minutes, the pH of the pool went from 7.0 to 7.5 and the alkalinity didn't change. That was in 45 minutes with a big pool. So the idea is that even if you're going to spend 45 minutes servicing a pool, you have enough time. If you put in the acid and start the, the uh, drain pump, you have enough time while you're there doing the rest of the service to raise the pH back up to where it needs to be and put the acid in and get the alkalinity down where it needs to be. And when you leave, the pool's balanced. And that's a whole lot better than just dumping some acid in and, and coming back next week to see what it did. That's funny. And, you know, I, I just popped in my head an image of all these kids playing Marco Polo in a pool, raising the pH up uh, with all the splashing. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's something that's not a concept that's uh, really promoted in the industry much, the aeration aspect. And... You know, I think you, you gave a great example of how quickly it can raise up the pH in the pool and why people struggle with that when they have these pools with all the water features. 
Um, and so, of course, there are chemicals you can add to raise the pH and alkalinity. And I think one of the biggest misnomers in the industry is um, when they add when people, I, even um, Arm & Hammer on their label, if you buy the 10-pound bag at Costco, it says you can use their baking powder, baking um, baking soda, sorry, um, to raise pH and alkalinity. And on the no. bag itself, it says that if you look at the label. No, it's not. And and here's the here's the real reason. The if you put in 200 pounds of baking soda into the pool, the most the pH is going to be in your pool is 8.3. That's the most because the pH of a saturated solution of baking soda is 8.3. So, and you want to normally keep your pool at 7.5 because the two are so close together, you have to put in a lot of it to make the pH change. So you can't really use, uh, you can't use baking soda to raise the pH of the pool unless the pH is actually very low. If the pool is maybe a pH of 6.5 or something like that, then if you add some baking soda, it would raise the pH up a little bit. But uh, if the pH of your pool is, is 7.2 or 7.3 or something, and you put in some baking soda, it's not gonna change your pH at all. It's mainly made to change the alkalinity, but when they advertise it that way, I think it's kind of a, maybe a false or misconception. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, one of the, I have a, a diagram uh, in one of the books that I've written that actually shows on one page just exactly what, what, the, uh, what, what will happen to the pH and alkalinity with those. I, I may be able to get that pretty quick and, and give you some examples, but yeah. All right, there it is. Sorry. So here's an example, for instance. One pound of, of soda ash, if we add it to 10,000 gallons of, of water, it will increase the alkalinity by 11.3 parts per million. And it will change the pH depending on the starting pH. It will change the, the if you start at a pH of 7, it will change the pH by 0.35. If the pH was at 7.2, it would change it by 0.5. And if the starting pH was 7.4, it would change it by 0.7. So you can see that soda ash changes pH and alkalinity. And here's the same thing. At a starting pH of 7, one pound of alkalinity will add 7 parts per million of, I'm sorry, baking soda. One, one pound of baking soda will increase alkalinity in 10,000 gallons by seven parts per million. But at a pH of seven, the change to pH is 0 0.04, four hundredths of a pH unit. At a pH of 7.2, adding a pound of baking soda will change it by 0 0.4, four hundredths of a pH unit. So you can see, that it changes it in hundreds of a pH unit. So it's not enough to even register on your, on your test kit. So um, you can't use uh, baking soda to raise the pH of your pool. 
If you want to raise the pH of your pool, you either have to aerate or use soda ash. But the problem with using soda ash is that it adds a lot of alkalinity. So if your pH is low and your alkalinity is okay, if you add soda ash, now your alkalinity is going to go way high. And what about so adding way, like uh, 20 mule teams bor borax to the pool? How would that affect yeah. it? Well, 20 mule team borax is different because it is borate. So if the borate's already in the pool, then you know it's going to keep the pH from going up, but uh, and that keeps the pH stable. But those are the things that that raise pH. Only soda ash and and aeration or turbulence. Yeah, so I think that's very helpful for people that are trying to raise and lower pH and alkalinity. I think you, you explained that really well. And I hope you found that helpful when you go to raise or lower your pH in your pool. To find the other episodes in the series, simply go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com. And on the banner, the homepage banner, you'll see a podcast show icon. Click on that and you can scroll down and listen to a previous episode. And if you're interested in enhancing your pool business, you can definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining the coaching program. You can learn more about this at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.